Hey, Brandon, thanks for joining the show, uh, Product Insights here. And yeah, you join us as the Vice President of Product Management at Power Reviews. Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about your journey in product management and then how you apply that in the review space. Yeah, definitely, Alex. Great to be here. Really excited to join the podcast. Um, I started out my career in product management at GoGo. So those familiar um, flying on an you know flying on an airplane and actually using internet, they're the ones who pioneered the space literally in the U.S. and also abroad. And so I started uh, product there, starting as an associate product manager, redesigning their actual home website, doing some e-commerce related to that in terms of selling e-commerce uh, per, uh, purchase a path, um, products. And then also then expanded out to actually running their entire in-flight portal experience. So manning, uh, you know, as you're on an airplane and you're trying to use the internet, the actual purchase experience, so when you land, you know, when you're connected to the internet, the flow of getting to be able to surf or watch videos, et cetera. So that portal experience is what I manage. Yeah. And then after that, I've been at PowerViews now for the last three years, um, and I now run the product and UX design team here at PowerViews, and really love and enjoy working at the company. Um, and you know, obviously, every day are thinking about how can we help our brands and retailers improve conversion by maximizing what we call user-generated content, which to everyone else is essentially ratings and reviews. You also think about images that someone might. Um, create themselves versus yeah. those stock images a company might create. But literally every day, myself and my team are thinking about how can we help the brands and retailers who use our service Im improve their conversion on their website. M makes sense. And yeah, I mean, literally everything we do now, especially, I mean, obviously COVID and all that, but we're, every purchase we make is, I don't know, maybe you know the stats, but we're all deeply analyzing reviews. And, you know, there's, there's psychology behind that, right? There's trust. Is this review authentic? I know with, at least with, with Amazon and me, I'm using something like fake spot to analyze the authenticity of those reviews, but just the whole journey of buying something now is pretty much comes down to the reviews, right? Like you, you can yeah. talk about their customer journey to the point where they hit your site, but if there's poor reviews or if there's no reviews, then no way. Right. So how do you guys exactly. approach the the research aspect of what the consumer expects from reviews now in 2021. Yeah, definitely. We, 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 we approach it a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, one thing is we have the ability to analyze our current client sites. So how are people interacting with the reviewed, their own review display that they have? So you think we have, you know, thousands of brands and retailers. So we're analyzing how, what are people looking at? What are they interacting with? And then are, is it reviews, is it images, is it the question and answers that people have? And then there's also you know, different ways we can compare reviews, et cetera, on the display. So we're analyzing the actual data of people interacting with those to increase and improve um, that conversion. We also obviously talk, you know, we're all users of it as well. We, we use them every day. So thinking about what are things we would be looking for, we look at what's going on in the market. So obviously not only our competitors, but others, also understanding what are the trends happening in terms of e-commerce itself um, and thinking about how can we better inform the consumer on the purchase they're going and that, that, they, that, that they'd like to make and surface the right things. Um, so thinking about technology and I can get into some of those things in terms of AI 
and real intelligence on the back end. Uh, we have those types of capabilities. And then analyzing the review content itself. Um, when we think about supporting our clients, it's not only the conversion at, you know, improvement of the actual website, but if you think about it, the other half of that equation is customers are giving you feedback on the products they're purchasing. You should, you as the brand or retailer should be using that information to improve your products to better support your client's needs. And so a huge part of our platform and our value proposition is also providing the insights into what people are actually saying. So we have natural language processing and semantic analysis engine that'll take all that content that's collected and drill it down into aggregated topics, adjectives, nouns, et cetera. So people can distill not only, you know, keywords. So what are people saying about your products? You can then use that for SEO, that to improve the descriptions on your website, but also just literally, you know, we have example after example of a client finding something wrong with their product and actually either going back to the manufacturer or making a tweak and then literally increasing sales. We have example after example of that. So that's kind of a broad kind of spectrum of kind of how we do it. I kind of went, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of different ways. Yeah. One last question on the space and then we'll switch to your team. I think that's awesome. I didn't, I hadn't thought about the AI, but yeah, it makes sense. I think that's exactly how some of the review analyzer platforms work is just looking for those consistencies and seeing, you know, measuring the authenticity or, or whatever it may be. What's the future of reviews? I know some of the most impactful ones I see on Amazon is maybe someone opening a box or a video, right? Like that, yeah. that kind of gives me so much more information on the dimension, the experience, the, you know, their reaction. So is that, are we going to see more and more of that? Definitely. Um, everything related to images and videos, obviously, you know, we, we, you've heard it a million times, images, you know, tell a thousand words or whatever that phrase is. I don't yeah, think yeah. I said it correctly, but that whole concept, right? So having a retailer or brand be able to respond with a video or with an image versus just typing a response back when someone has a problem or has a question, fully integrating the experience. So when a question is being asked, on the actual product display page itself, there's someone immediately there to answer the question and mm -hmm. really improve and enhance that purchase. But also just the intelligence of how we collect reviews. What is the most optimized time of day, day of week based on the product or the grouping of products that are being purchased from a basket size. Um, also, when we're displaying the reviews, having an intelligent algorithm on the back end that's dynamically displaying reviews based on other people who have looked at them or the images themselves and based on the person who's actually on the site surfacing reviews that are like them that personalization if you think yeah. about the entire product display page and the personalization that's happening in terms of the the recommended products etc that same concept needs to be applied to the actual review display itself i'm a male that loves running i'm on and i like doing trail runs okay i'm now on let's call it some sort of running running product page, running shoe product page. I want to see reviews of people who like to do trail runs like me and not maybe someone who just runs every once in a while, right? So how can we can dynamically yeah. be updating the review display to show those reviews because that's the feedback that I care most about. So it's, again, all that intelligence uh, behind the scenes. Interesting, reminds me of the pro programmatic space, but yeah, it makes sense. Exactly. Right? It's going to help, help you convert faster. Let's talk about your team. So what does your product team look like and how, how do you, how do you manage that team remotely now? I, I assume remotely. 
Yes, everything is remote now. Um, since obviously we, we shut down in March, like pretty much everyone else, we've been remote. Um, I, I have a team of multiple product managers and UX designers that are assigned to uh, the product lines that we have. I don't need to get into the actual yeah. product lines, but we have multiple product lines with uh, designers and uh, product managers supporting those. Um, and we before we were typically a Chicago based company and the majority of my team and really the whole company was based in Chicago. So we went to the like a Chicago office every day. We also had a New York office, which was a satellite office where one of the members of my team was on. Um, and since COVID, we've essentially shut down our offices and everyone's been working remotely. Um, and so that's been definitely a big change because our culture was essentially you go into the office every day. Of course, you could work from home and remotely as you needed to, but typically we were in every day. And if you would have asked me in February of last year, do you ever see yourself working in the office? I would have said, no, I'm like a big, like love to be with people and in person. And yeah. so, you know, I, I was actually really impressed by our, my team and the actual company. And I, I think really it's just across the board, everyone was able to quickly transition into working remotely. Um, and it actually has helped the product manager on my team who was in, in New York, who was kind of remote, if you think about it, while there was a you know New York office, she was really remote for our team because my team was always together. Right. And so it's actually helped her work experience. Uh, and so now we're essentially, everyone is in the same place where we have to, you know, mess slack someone or jump on a Google meet or whatever in order to communicate. And so it's kind of leveled the playing field in that regard. So that's been really helpful. And we've just been really, the, the key thing is we always have our cameras on whenever we're, whatever meeting we're in, we always want to have our cameras on so we can actually physically see someone and have that interaction. Um, we're always on Slack, messaging back and forth. And even if it's like, if we need someone, it's setting up a quick 15 minute chat to connect and try to get as much of that in-person experience as we can, given obviously we don't have that anymore. Yeah, nope, makes sense. I mean, cameras uh, crucial now and um, yeah, it's awesome you've been able to adapt. I mean, if, if this happened like even five years ago, I don't think half the tools would have been out for- No, Yeah, so Agreed. a little bit lucky on the tech front. I mean, imagine if it happened in 1990, we'd be SOL, oh, be a, but uh, yeah. But yeah exactly. And you mentioned UX. I mean, obviously that's a particular interest of us um, as designers. Uh, how do you, how does, how should product work with design, like, you know, best and worst case scenarios and, and what you've seen and how, how do you work with design? Yeah, definitely. I, I think they need to be as integrated as possible. And I really look at product UX and engineering as kind of being, I don't know, that triangle of real, real tight integration, all each aspect each of those functions all have a lot uh, that they can provide in terms of benefit and support to each other. You yeah. know, each has their own kind of main focus of what they're doing, but especially given my team is both UX and design combined, it's even easier for us to ensure we are really closely aligned. Our team meetings are with everyone, not only just UX or not only just product, um, and really talking through and explaining kind of what we're working on and ensuring that we're supporting each other as we need to. And when we think about like, you know, I'll take it from the product management side. I have a product, I'm a product manager background, if you will, that's kind of my, my expertise. And so when, when, when I'm, when I would be developing a new product, um, you know, maybe there's some sort of research and some ideation that I've done to develop some basic kind of idea of what a new feature, a new functionality is. I, 
my the the ideal state is you've got the designer in as quickly as possible depending on the size of your mm -hmm. team maybe you even have a ux researcher right. and they can help support that market research and you're kind of like the the most ideal state we're not there today at, at my organization but you have a product manager and ux designer and a scrum team and so you have that tight support structure where literally anything that the thing that what the designer is working on, what the product manager is working on are both for the that group of engineers and all of them are meeting every day they're at stand-up every day they're grooming strip review you know retro etc all of that's happening i think that's the ideal state we don't have that number of resources where we we can have that so for my team, my UX designer and uh, others have the idea is that we kind of have to share resources amongst. And so we kind of, I, I help, I help prioritize um, where we should be focusing kind of each sprint. And so we kind of work in that way and kind of also look out, okay, forecast, okay, these are the areas where we're going to need real focus on UX design. And so we, we need to start research now and be involved in this part of the requirements and then we'll shift over here. So we're going to get more resources, which I'm excited about. We're going to be hiring. So that'll be helpful to awesome. kind of amp that up, but that's, that's the, that's the kind of the idea. Very nice. Are you hiring in, that's a good question. Then are you hiring only in the Chicago area or are you looking elsewhere? What is the plan for the company remote going forward? We are, we are, I, yeah. So right now I have a senior product manager, manager position open. We're hiring. It can be completely remote. So yeah, oh. we're, we're moving to a remote friendly culture. I like that. Um, yeah, which I'm I'm really excited about. Yeah, there's some there's some companies that surprisingly aren't, and it's like what yeah. what like you realize that I know that, like no one wants. I mean, sorry, some people want to go back to the office as an option, but as a yeah. mandate. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I know that, that has been well, and, yeah, and let's be honest, like when you think about talent, talent is everywhere, and exactly. Focusing your search in just a specific geographic region or something, makes, makes you're sense. missing out on so much else, and so. It's amazing how this pandemic has also opened, I think, my, you know, my eyes, everyone's eyes in terms of we should really rethink the way we even think about recruitment, you know, yep. and where, how we're, how we're going about that. So it's, it's been an interesting journey for sure. Um, so. totally, totally agree. Couldn't agree more. What, what advice would you have for someone who's maybe, I guess, in any background, but maybe considering product management and uh, should they do it? Should they not do it? How should they do it? Yeah. So of course I love product management. It's like, you know, I, I'm in it because I love it and I've been in it now for like over six years because of that. And I want to, I want to continue that. Um, I, I think, I think definitely everyone should do it. Um, I'll give you a couple of things of why I like it and then why I love it. And then also kind of how to get in and I actually get that question a lot. You know, I love it because, and I got into it because of this idea that you are the CEO of your product. It is your job to ensure you, your product is successful. And that is something I try to instill in my team. You know, sometimes you might need to do something that might not necessarily be on your job description, job title in order to ensure that your product is successful, but it also gives you the opportunity and the ability to really think strategically and, you know, really understand the market and help drive the direction of, of where you want to take, again, your product. And so I love that aspect of it. And also just the getting close to the customer, understanding the customer needs. That's just, I just love talking with people and also the our customers and, and everything as well. And then yeah. the cross-functional aspect, like every day, I mean, there's a lot of functions that do this, of course, but every day we're not only working with UX and design from a product standpoint, but we're also working with client success, account management, literally jumping on prospect calls for sales, 
talking with finance about financial models of like, okay, if we were to build this product, this is the kind of cost and here's what we actually believe we can make from a revenue standpoint or from a retention standpoint, building strategic roadmaps, et cetera. So I, I love it. I mean, I could talk for, for probably an I hour about CEO. all the- I love Sorry, yeah. I love that CEO. No, yeah, go ahead. And I think like, it's a, it's a great analogy because you have your hands on all parts of the business and it lends itself to entrepreneurship, right? Like if you wanted to go start a, a new product at some point in your career, you now know exactly what all those functions, what's needed and you've done it. So sorry, but sorry to interrupt there, but I just totally agree. It's great. I mean, yeah. And you think about, you know, depending on the organization, some, pro some organizations product owns the pricing and packaging. So not only are you building the features and functionality, but you're thinking about, okay, how do I go to market and how should I price this? How should we package with other things? It's just all that strategy. I, I just, I just love that. Um, and so, you know, again, I could, could expand more, but how to get into product management. So um, yeah. depending on the function you're in, I think the key is um, there's definitely a ton of great books out there. You should read like lean, lean design, lean product management, et cetera. Um, there's a ton of different methodologies I would, I would research, but I think the key is understanding, being able to talk the talk, if you will, a little bit in terms of lean, like understanding what lean means, understanding agile methodologies, uh, scrum, just understanding that. If you're obviously at a technology company and you have the opportunity to, I would highly recommend you to go to your product management team and say, hey, I'm interested in learning more. Can I literally sit on, on a standup or can I sit in on a grooming? Make sure you're going to the sprint reviews that your hopefully product team is helping to organize so you can understand what is what are the development teams working on right now, understanding the roadmap itself. Um, there are um, professional certifications you can definitely do. Um, in Chicago and, and it's all over the country, there's general, general assembly is something that I always recommend to people. Um, yeah. They have a free one hour intro to product class typically. I've been able to find also intro to UX design, et cetera. And so I recommend that as just a free way because some people are like, hey, I might be interested. I don't know if I really want to do it. It's an hour, it's free. You can just get an insight into what are the types of things you would do as a product manager and be like, is that something I'm actually interested in? So that's another good uh, resource, I would say. But at a company right now, literally try to get in with your product team. And depending on like how much bandwidth they have and if, if they might need your help, say, hey, I'd love to do some sort of aspect of the product discovery process or do some research for you or do anything to just get some experience and exposure into kind of what the day-to-day -day is. So you can not only learn and see if you like it, but then you also can almost start building up your product resume. So if you're looking for another job or also there's openings internally, it's easier to transition over. Yeah, that's, I think that's all great advice. Did you do generally general, some, excuse me, general assembly yourself or is how did you do a formal uh, boot camp or something like that? I, I, so I went to do, I went to a free general assembly uh, class that intro when it was in person in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I, I luckily was able, I had some connections at GoGo -Go and was able to move. I was actually manufacturing before and was able to move into product management. And I started at the ground level and as, as an associate. So I literally learned everything I did from my, my first boss. Uh, she's a, she's amazing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, thanks a ton, Brandon. And I think your insights are awesome. Um, and good luck on the hiring. And yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. It was, it was great to be here.